Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who just got a promotion to vice president of Spacely's orbiting or asteroid, Jacob. Oh boy! Wait a minute, didn't they have problems out there? Oh well, I don't care. A couple, just <laughs> a, a couple, couple. A few. Why? Thank you. And like you introduce a co-host, a man who's got a few sprockets loose. Welcome, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not going to make any sense on the audio. Yes. I am slightly crazy. Help! <laughs> anyway, uh, how are you doing, Jacob? Man, I'm doing well. It's been it's it's been a very interesting week. Uh, we are actually just coming out of uh, Easter, so yes. uh, happy late Easter, everyone. Um, uh, other than that, it's been very good. How about you? It's been a very good weekend so far. I mean, I actually got some uh, decent movie watching in. Oh okay, not any, not a lot to talk about here. But I mean, I did see one kind of uh, big movie. Yeah, kind of a big one. Which, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and jump into what I've been go watching. For it. I watched Godzilla vs Kong Friday night. Roar! That was so <laughs> much fun. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the most intelligent movie ever made. Not by a long shot. No. In fact, I th- and I do think it was better than King of the Monsters. Agreed. But for the most part, from the first time that movie starts and we see a certain object. Yeah. I was going, they're doing it. They're doing it. Uh-huh. I can't believe they're doing it. They- do they have the bravery to do this? But yeah, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed Godzilla versus Kong, even though I kind of assumed there was going to have to be a third well, I won't say that. Uh, I I kind of knew they were going to have to kind of do this, do what they do in that movie, mm-hmm. in order to make it have it make sense. But it was still enjoyable. I had a good fun time. Uh, also, I watched a some episodes of a certain speedy blue variety. Ah, you like hot hot dogs? Yeah, I think he likes chili dogs. Maybe. Yes. Uh, have you ever, have you heard of Sonic Boom? Yes. Okay, now the I've, game I've, is bad. Yeah, that's what Sonic, I hear. Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric is a pretty bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not play the other two games that they made in that little sub-franchise. Okay. But the show is hilarious. And, and not in that so bad it's good, I mean, it, and it does take you a minute to get in, to, for you to get into it, I'll admit. But there was one point where, uh, well, this was the episode with the cookies. <laughs> okay. And someone had left some evil cookies on Sonic's doorstep. And uh, Sonic was about to eat one of them. He says, yeah, this isn't the strangest baked good that's ever been left on my doorstep. Cuts away to a, a, a cake 
and Knuckles bursts out of it and just stands there holding like two sparklers. And they hold this moment for like a minute. And the longer it goes on, the funnier it is. Wow. One of those great awkward moments that as, as it's setting in on you, what you're looking at. Yeah. It's like, Oh my, this is, <laughs> that was, I had to pause. I had to pause this episode to stop laughing. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was one of those. Uh, but that was a really stupid episode anyway, but it was a, it's, it's a fun, stupid show. Oh, okay. It's, so, go ahead. Yeah. So when, um, so I can't remember if it was before or after we had started recording, uh, you started watching these clips from was, Sonic Boom. It was before we started recording last time. Yeah. And I think I said something to, cause I was waiting on you mm-hmm. to wait I, for you to finish your notes is. This is how it works. Yeah, it does. Uh, and I was watching those clips waiting uh, as you were finishing. And I remember thinking, I need to watch this show, but I have no idea where to watch it. I Googled where I could watch it. You can see it on Hulu, folks. Uh-huh. And it is stupid enough and funny enough that I enjoyed myself. So mm. there's that. Also, right before you came over, I was watching an anime episode really? of a show called... Uh, so I'm a spider. So what? Okay. That is a weird show. But it's yep. kind of weird enough I'm into it. Okay. Interesting. But, uh... And yeah, I... that pretty much is what I've been watching. Okay. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? Alright, so besides the movie we're reviewing uh, this evening... Uh... On Saturday, I went and watch, like yourself, I went and watched the King uh, Godzilla versus Kong or Kong versus Godzilla. Fun Kong. film. You could say it's Gojira Tai uh, Kongu. God bless you. That was the Japanese. <laughs> I know. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm not. Gojira Tai Kongu. Yeah. No, no disrespect. I thought it was just funny. I always said it. Uh, I'm just jacking with you, dude. I know. Either way, uh, I watched it. Recommend it, yes. Uh, I do have a little little problems here and there. It's like, how do you get this character from this year and they don't explain it? <laughs> Just make like Elsa and let it go. Anyway, either way. So I enjoy I enjoyed the movie for what it was. It was fun. It was to me is far better than uh, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and most definitely in, regard, in regards to that. Either I enjoyed way. both, but yeah, I will say. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong was the better movie. Yeah. So, and then I went over to a friend of ours house, Wendy, mm-hmm. uh, where she was selling a enormous lot of movies. And apparently is still selling a lot. Yeah, it's still a ton. Apparently they're liquidizing their uh, movie collection, uh, transferring a lot into uh, on a DVD where they can share it among the family. And uh, Wendy contacted me like a couple of days before it's like hey we've got these movies knowing you are a huge movie buff it's like come over and get what you want and uh and i heard you got a uh, certain rare gem or possibly a gem it's rare either way in what way in the way that the company won't put it out anymore. no no no, no. i didn't get that one. Oh, uh, okay. no because they were not selling that one which i guarantee i, wouldn't I, I, I guarantee them. how uh uh, the, the the person who owns it is not going to sell it, but they are going to allow us to have a digital copy of it. 
That'll work. That'll work. Yeah, so stay tuned for a very special episode. I can't believe we're actually going to do it, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I, I am I'm super excited because this is going to be fun to it was, me. It's one of those that, without the chance of getting it, if you'd have said, do you want to review this movie? I'd say, shoot, no. But now that we have the chance to do it, it's like, how yeah. can we not? <laughs> so, funny story so Funny story in that regard. So, we are at a Thursday, Thursday night Bible study. And uh, Wendy is mentioning this. Be like, can come over at some point and grab these movies. And she mentions this one movie that her brother owns. And now they have on digital. I'm like, can we review it for Cellcast? <laughs> like, we can get That's you a copy. question, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, hope... Praying and hoping we can actually do this as a review. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, most likely, you will not be able to watch it unless you have a very... Ways. R- unless you have ways. Yeah, ways of watching it. all it. we're going to say. There are probably ways to watch it, but I yeah. have not researched it. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, there again, I'm always a... Uh, I'm very pro, very legal, legal means of mm-hmm. watching movies. But ever since this basically got blacklisted, go at it. Either way, uh, uh, Josh in the chat is now saying, I'm dying to know what movie. Well, Josh, you're just going to have to suffer for some time longer because we're not telling you. No, we're not. It's going to be a surprise when it happens. Yep. We don't even know when it's going to happen. No, we're, we're, we're still in the process of possibly getting the digital version of this. Yes. So uh, either it way, it may not be. That's the thing. It may not be till next year. Yeah. You never know. It could be a couple of weeks from now. It could be a month from now. It could be from a year from now. We don't know. But uh, either way. I mean, our schedule is fairly fluid, that to is be true. honest, even though we have stuff written down. That is true. So I got a huge chunk of movies. Now, granted, they had like 800 movies, like a ton of movies from yeah. they, series they, to they've got DVDs enough to mo- They've got enough movies to open up a, a movie rental store. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, I, I bought myself a little lot. And then I watched Trimmers. The, the, very the best fun. American kaiju movie ever made. Continue. Agreed. Agreed. It's it's a fun movie. Definitely go watch it. Now, granted the... Just uh, watch it to see Reba McIntyre talk. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and act like a rich Western woman. <laughs> Pretty much. Or survivalist. <laughs> yes. Uh, but overall, The wife of a man with an elephant gun. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen that yes, movie. Yes, agreed. It's, it's, it's still great. Uh... Apparently, there's what ten of those movies? Seven. Actually. Oh, good night. That's, I, I, that's I, almost as bad as Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'd have uh, I'd have classmates to be like, you gotta watch all of them. I'm like, I watched one and two. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't want to get into the just incident. five to go. Just five to go. No. Can no. you survive? No. <laughs> I didn't figure. <laughs> Hey! <laughs> no, no. What I'm, I'm not. That's not I, know, a I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You are not good with movies, the, with bad movies. Yeah, agreed. You're not the kind of person who can sit there and make fun of it while it's going. No. Me, I do have the two robots <laughs> from Mystery Science Theater 3000 making jokes throughout the movie. <laughs> I have this, ha- and I've had this happen on brand new movies I'm watching in theaters. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises being one of them. <laughs> so either way, be like I watch Trimmers. It's a it's a wonderful film. Uh like uh Drew said be like, yeah, it's America's first kaiju movie. Uh, best kaiju movie. Best kaiju movie, let's say that. Uh 
So either way, I watched that in... Well, it's up there with King Kong. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, either way. Um, so, and then I picked up the uh, the box, the Blu-ray box set of all seven, or correction, eight Harry Potter films. And uh, I was, I, when the movies came out, well, I can't say that because I started reading the, the book in college and I watched the third one. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And I started going back. And so by the time I had uh, finished, I think it was book six. It was book six and the seventh, the seventh book was coming out. So I was one of those guys. I was in line. Mm-hmm. I was ready to read the book. I stayed up all night. Wanted to read, read it. I am one of the slowest reader. I'm not incredibly slow, but I'm slow reading it. I'm not like one person that I was talking to that on that Saturday that finished it in six hours. <laughs> I was like, prop for you. I wish I could do that, but I can't. <laughs> I, I can't sit still that long. Me either. But uh, so, yeah, uh, I have now I have all eight Harry Potter films on Blu-ray and I started watching the first one yesterday and I popped the second one in yesterday uh, this morning this afternoon uh, when I got up early when actually we had suckers galore and I was like, hey, can I go home? How did that happen? Providence? <laughs> no, I mean, how did you get actual sackers at work? Yeah, it's, you've it's, been low on people for since before covid yeah well the well my my boss my my sort of director was like dude we've been spoiling you so bad be like you got larry here who's one of our backup guys uh we got a sacker who came in at three right on time and then the the four o'clock showed up on time i'm like wow i feel <laughs> like royalty here i'm getting spoiled here and so i left early because basically what i would do is run around and do other things so i got up early <laughs> so i uh, did not yeah but anyway either was uh so yeah i ble- no wait a minute i i can't i can't say that's not the only thing i watched and we both watched oh, yes. uh we watched um what is the full title? Uh, it's it's Rune it's Soldier. Rune, so- Rune Soldier is the name of it i think it's like louis the Rune Soldier. Louis and it's the Rune mostly Soldier. known as Rune Soldier. Yeah. We watched that at a Bible study this Sunday. Yeah. And we watched two episodes. Two episodes. That's a funny And we would have watched more, but I needed to get home. Yeah. That was an interesting car ride back home. Let's not go there. No. <laughs> Either way. Either way, uh, that is all I've been watching. All righty. What do we got in the news? All right. So, uh, I know Drew was kind of excited about this, and ever since he's the truckie of the bunch. And he... Yesterday, March, April 5th, mm-hmm. was First Contact Day. So, of course, Star Trek kind of played up. Yeah, there. a little bit. They, they they were smart about it. It's the same reason why May the 4th will have a bunch of Star Wars news come out. Agreed. But uh, go ahead. All oh. right. So, um, I can do it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, well, folks, here's the thing. Do you remember our first animated series yes. show to come mm-hmm. out? That would have was a Star Trek Lower Deck season one. Yes, we're getting season two, mm-hmm. and I am like super, 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 super excited because season one. While I was nervous going into it, it like fulfilled in everything I wanted <laughs> in a Star Trek animated series that's comedic. Uh, and I'm hoping season two continues. And plus, I'm also I also find it hilarious that this is the show, the Star Trek show I got Jacob into. <laughs> Yeah. I funny. wonder if Badgie will return. Oh, gosh. 
possible. You never know. So either way, uh, Sarge, either way, we are actually getting Q back. In another we show. are in, in another, another show. In another but, show, but it's not animated. So no, that was an interesting trailer. Let's say yes. that. I was like, "What in the world?" I was like, "Oh, Queen." No, it's a Q. Q. Oh crap! And then you hear him say the best line: "The trial never ended." ended. It's like, oh crap. <laughs> There again, okay, so Star Trek... Yeah, there's a lot X. of Star Trek stuff, you know, most people aren't getting, but let's move on. Yeah, either way, Star Trek uh, Lower Decks is coming out. It'll be on, be released on August 12th, and uh, they've already announced, they've already announced for a renew of the third season already, and the mm-hmm. second season had come out. It was that popular. And more than likely, when season two starts, we will be reviewing it also. Yes. Uh, if we're being completely honest. Agreed. Uh, so that'll be on, available on uh, Paramount Plus, the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are part of that, you already. If you're a Star Trek fan, you've already got Paramount Plus more exactly. than likely. Plus, there's a lot of other good shows on there. All right, so uh, a little movie that was supposed to come out in theaters uh, now isn't. Uh, it actually has two different. It has like weird. It's either way. Uh, the Mitchells versus the Monsters. Uh, I think it had another I title. Think, I think we actually talked about this in our uh, upcoming movies episode back in February. We did. We did. And this looks weirdly stupid. It weirdly stupid. But it looks really fun, too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, although the theater release of the Sony Picture title uh, fell victim to the uh, pandemic last fall, audience finally will be able to enjoy uh, the feature when it premieres on Netflix on April, on April 30th. So it'll be premiering on Netflix on April 30th. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was Sony Pictures who was originally releasing it? Yeah, Sony Pictures. It makes sense they'd have to go through Netflix since they themselves don't have a streaming service yet. Exactly. The one so, of the few. So we we might do a reaction to that? Or yeah, we, we might. Or I don't need know. To. We'll see. We shall see. All right. So in the last bit of news... And uh, for most of you, most of you follow us, or most of you, maybe you don't. Um, I get most of my news from uh, animationmagazine.org or mm-hmm. .net. And uh, I heard about this one bit of news on Facebook, and I was just, like really saddened by it. So I was like, where can I find an actual article? So I found it on uh, insidethemagic.com, which. To be frank, it was a really amazing uh, podcast for years and years and years until I think the host finally gave it up. But uh, it's still a website. All right. So uh, Mark Elliott, uh, who voiced a long list of uh, Disney trailers uh, from the 1980s until his retirement in 2008, passed away yesterday. Yeah, the 5th of April uh, at the age of 81. You know, that's that's really because... His that voice. was the voice of our childhood. Agreed. It was him and the other um, movie trailer guy who mm-hmm. who died like back ten years ago. Yeah. The you know the actual in a world ripped apart by war. Mm-hmm. But no, this is this is the other guy who was going to introduce the next great Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And among other things, we found out as we were doing the com- yes, commercials like a minute a, ago, like a oh my gosh! So that Sonic the Hedgehog two commercial that's making fun of all the telemarketers has got him as the voiceover guy, and it's hilarious. Yeah. So if if you want to hear our full reaction to that, 
uh, just go, uh, go back to the archives when this is on YouTube and, uh, I and might, go, go listen to that. It's actually funny. <laughs> well, I might actually cut that audio out and release it separate. Okay. But I don't know. I, I, I probably will. I'll have to see how much of that you can actually hear. Okay. Good deal. All right. So that is all I have for in the news. All right. Well, then let's jump into our spoiler free section. Mm-hmm. of our review of Jetsons the movie. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is just Jetsons the movie, not, not the Jetsons yeah. the movie. Which is kind of throwing. It, it throws you off, but that is is how it is. I originally saw this movie when I was very little mm-hmm. on a VHS that I think this was one of those bootlegged VHSs that my grandfather recorded for me. Okay. That I wore out, if we're being honest. I don't know. This might have been one that I rented regularly also. I okay. don't remember. Because hmm. that is like the 90s. Had to have been after, be, it had to be when I was in first or second grade. Yeah. Because the thing came out when I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember uh, thinking it was great when I was a kid. I, I remember enjoying it. It's a fun movie. It's got some issues. Yeah, just a bit. But it's it's very very good actually. So, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I enjoy it. if you if you have any, and I do mean any nostalgia for the Jetsons, throw in Jetsons the movie. You will not regret it. Yeah, if you can find it. Well, it's relatively available now. Well, it's on HBO Max. Yes. So if you got that, you can go there. I bought the DVD for five bucks. I wanted to go buy the soundtrack. You can't find that anywhere, <laughs> which is annoying. Agreed. May have to do some resulting results to some other places, but hey, Arr. maybe I don't know. Uh, but I mean, I enjoyed it. It's a fun movie. It's got great little nostalgia. There's only a couple of weirdness in it, but and other than that, it's just a great '90s movie or late '80s, if we're being honest. Yeah, I would agree. But yeah, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, like you, uh, I was seven when this movie came out. I believe my parents bought, we rented it or bought it at some point when I was a kid. And I remember enjoying this movie. So I obviously have, uh, huge nostalgia for this movie. Huge. Cause I remember watching it over and over and over again as a kid. And, uh, just remember very fondly, uh, rewatching it for the review for this, for this podcast. I do see a lot of flaws within it. Definitely it's transfer. Um, but overall, it's an enjoyable little film that um, they're going to be like, if you are a huge Hanna-Barbera fan or a Jetsons fan, this is right up your alley. So yeah, I would, yeah, go watch it. Uh, it's currently available on HBO Max. Uh, if you are a subscriber to HBO Max, go check it out. And I will say, I found my $5 bin copy at Walmart, mm-hmm. so your Walmart may still have it if you're listening to this pretty close to release. If you um, don't mind $5 uh, DVDs. Right. Just for your info, uh, okay. you can buy it on Blu-ray on Amazon right now uh, for $15.26, like 16 bucks, which is not bad. Uh, I don't know about the uh, the transfer quality. Of- I have a feeling since the... Uh, HBO Max uh, transfer is the same as the transfer that was on the DVD. I mean, it's a higher quality, obviously, yeah. but I mean, the 
much of the artifacting is the same. Yeah. I have a feeling it's the same transfer. Okay. So yeah, just letting you know, be like, you can, you can like, you can even right now on Amazon right now, you can go and buy the entire season on Blu-ray for like 20 bucks, like 20, $22 on Amazon right now. So yeah, if you are a huge Hanna-Barbera fan and uh, have a huge nostalgia for the Jetsons or what have you, it's uh, a good buy. It's it's a good little movie to watch. Um, Grant, I do have problems with the movie. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. Here we'll, in a minute. We'll, we'll get there in a few minutes. But um, it's nothing that would say make you suggest people not watch the movie. Right? No, 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 no. Okay, that's the main thing. Yes. All right. So that brings us to the end of, of uh, our non-spoiler section. Join us on the other side of the bumper, and we'll get to spoiling this story mm-hmm. Ray if we're wrong okay this progress is a part of Christian Greek Central Network hey Scoop what are you doing man I don't know I'm supposed to be reading an ad <laughs> alright hold on give me give me it okay <laughs> All right, this podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as Strangers and Aliens, a conversational podcast and blog that explores the relationship between God and man through the lens of speculative and imaginative fiction, and explores speculative and imaginative fiction through the lens of God's relationship with men. Join Ben, Dr. Jace O'Neill, and Steve McDonald, a trio of Christians who are both fans and creators of story, in their conversation about the intersection of faith and imagination. Do you like trivia shows but wish you could stay a little longer with the contestants? Do you wish that if those contestants didn't know the answer from memory, they could Google the answers? Do you love finding out how many of certain objects fit between the Earth and the Moon? And do you want a game show that is completely unfair? Then might I suggest The Raw Quiz Show, where Ryan Ashley Wall pits and competes against five different combatants each season to see who is the true trivia champion. And you can find it over at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're listening to is also a part of. Go to the link in the description to find out more. The following is a spoiler-filled review for Jetsons the movie, listener discretion is advised. Jetsons the movie was directed by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. And do you know what their very first credits are? No, I don't. 113 Tom and Jerry cartoons. Wow. And they are the creators of that four uh, MGM cartoons at the time, before they made the Hanna-Barbera Animation Studio. Wow. Uh, it was also directed by uh, Iwao Takamoto, who directed Charlotte's Web. Wow. This movie's got some talents behind it. Just with that. Also, uh, it was written by Dennis Marks, who also wrote The Transformers, the movie. Okay. And Carl Sauter, who wrote episodes of the t- TV show Moonlighting. Wow. George Jetson was played by George O'Hanlon, mm-hmm. 
And way back in the 1930s, he played a character named Joe Madokes. Okay. In a bunch of early short short films. Okay. They were these short films were also known. Uh, fans knew them as behind the eight ball because the the title shot has him standing behind an eight ball, giant okay. eight ball. Okay. But that's how he got his start. Mister Spacely was voiced by none other than Mel Blanc, mm-hmm. who, among a ton of Looney Tunes, also voiced Barney Rubble in the Flintstones. Very true. Penny Singleton was the voice of Jane Jetson. Now, do you remember in the in the newspaper comic strips a, a comic called Blondie? Yeah. She played in a live action version or in an animated in a, an animated show, I think. Blondie. Wow. The actual she played the actual character of Blondie. Uh Judy Jetson mm-hmm. was played by Tiffany. A pop starlet who yeah. I did not know who she was when I first saw the name. But she does have a famous song, and of course, I did not write that song down. I think we're alone now. Yes, I think we're alone now. That yes. is the song. I did not know that was her. Okay. Uh, but she also, in the Sci Fi Channel original movie, Mega Piranha, played a character by the name of Sarah Monroe. Okay, so a little. She doesn't have many acting credits outside of her music videos. That is true. Patrick Zimmerman was the voice of Elroy Jetson, and in the video game video game franchise Metal Gear Solid, he is the voice of Revolver Ocelot. Who? Revolver Ocelot, one of the uh, major reoccurring villains in that franchise. Okay. Doesn't sound a thing like Elroy. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Don Messick is the voice of Astro. And of course, he's also the original voice of Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Jean Vanderpile was the voice of Rosie the Robot. And she originally voiced Wilma Flintstone in the Flintstones. Ronnie Shell was the voice of Rudy Too. And he played the character of Jake, the cat, mm-hmm. in The Cat from Outer Space. Patty Dooch played uh, Lucy too, and in the Emperor's New Groove, she played the waitress. Oh, okay, interesting. Dana Hill is the voice of Teddy too, and in uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation, she played Audrey Griswold. Russy Taylor is the vo- was the voice of Fergie Furbelow. And of course, she is uh, been the most. She was the most recent Minnie Mouse prior to her death. Oh, okay. Paul Kreppel was the voice of At- Apollo Blue, and uh, he played Mister Burkhart in that '70s show. Rick Dees played Rocket Rick Ragnarok. <laughs> that is the uh, DJ at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, George is trying to get to work, and everything's jammed. Um. He was additional voices on the Flintstones kids. Mm-hmm. Michael Bell played the board, a board member and the basketball coach. One of the, one of the two basketball coaches mm-hmm. in this movie. And he was the voice of Prowl in the Transformers, the movie. Okay. Jeff Bergman 
did backup lines for George Jetson and Mr. Spacely, and he was one of the board members in this movie. And in Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders, he played the Joker. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Brian Cummings was the movie announcer, and he played the stove in Beauty and the Beast. Brad Garrett was Bertie Bur- Furbelow, and he is hook-hand in Tangled. I hmm. mentioned Tangled and you give me no reaction. Sorry, I was reading. Wow! Okay. <laughs> uh, like, Zoix, you mentioned my favorite movie of all time. Well. <laughs> Rob Paulson also played a board member. And he is known for playing Pinky in Pinky in the Brain. Susan Silo was the voice of Gertrude. And in, fin- the, in Final Fantasy VII Remake, she played... Uh, uh, Mirel, which I had to look up who that was because I couldn't think of off the top of my head. Uh-huh. That's the old woman that kept sending us on those weird side missions after Timbuktu involving the Angel of the Slums. Okay. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Yes. That's her. Okay. Which I think she was the Angel of the Slums. Possibly. Uh, Janet Waldo did voice Judy Jetson and the robot secretary. And she was the voice of Penelope Pitstop in Wacky Races. B.J. Ward voiced Gertie Furbelow. And she was also the voice of Princess Allura in Voltron. Hmm. Jim Ward was the voice of Mac. And he played Quark in the Ratchet and Clank series of video games. Hmm. And Frank Welker played the other basketball coach, Squeak and the Grungies. Surprise, surprise to that one. Yes, and in Inspector Gadget, he played not just Brain, not just Mad Cat, but Dr. Claw. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And our Kingdom Hearts connections, starting with Frank Welker. He was, of course, Experiment 221 in Kingdom Hearts. Rusty Taylor was Queen Minnie, Huey, Dewey, Louie, Fauna, the Fairy Godmother, and Drizella in Kingdom Hearts, and Rob Paulson was Jacques and the Grand Duke. So, info and stuff, my friend. Alright, so, info and stuff. Let me get to that info and stuff real fast. <clears throat> Alright, so, info and stuff. Alright, so, if you are a part of HBO Max, you have access to it. Uh, so, on IMDB, it has a 5 point 5.6 out of 10 and on Rotten Tomatoes it has a 26 and its audience score is a 45. Production was by Hanna-Barbera Productions distributed by Universal Pictures. It's box office. Now we do not have a uh, budget on this film. Unfortunately. I couldn't find it anywhere. Any of my normal sources couldn't find it. But box it office. was lost due to a time warp. Apparently. Involving Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. Or another, I don't remember exactly what Retro Rewind, but Paul says over on Retro Rewind podcast when this happens. <laughs> or they, it got swapped with the the Flintstones at some point. Let's just say the Grungies took it. Okay, yeah, the Grungies took it. There we go. The Grungies did it. All right, so it's opening weekend box office here in the United States uh, was July 8th, 1990. It had uh, it earned five point, it earned $5 million. Its U.S. gross was Twenty point three million, and the same. So there again, I have no data to how much this movie cost. So we don't really don't know 
much of anything if it broke even, if it flopped or anything. I'm pretty sure there's that out there. It's a flop, but I didn't read that. Uh, the film was uh, first released on home video on October 25th, 1990. That would have been on VHS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again on August 29th, 2009, it was released as a Region 1 DVD and with a re-release with new packages on September 21st, 2015. It's been released a few times. Uh, it is now available on HBO Max, HBO Max uh, having premiered at launch on May 27th, 2020. So that is all I have for info and stuff. Okay, ready for summary? Go for it. In the late 21st century, Spacely Sprockets and Spindles has opened a new mining colony on an asteroid. The proposed project is meant to increase productivity at a tenth of the cost of making the items on Earth. However, the factory continues to be sabotaged by someone or something. As Cosmo Spacely uh, checks up on the orbiting or asteroid again, he learns from the plant engineer, Rudy Two, that the last head of the factory, Alexander Throttlebottom, has run off, making four vice presidents of the new plant that Spacely has lost so far. Fearing for his company and profits, Spacely names George Jetson as Throttlebottom's successor and sends George and his family to the plant. While the family is thoroughly upset at being thrown from their normal lifestyle and the plans they had coming up that week, they set up apartments on the adjoining apartment community to the asteroid and its neighboring shopping complex, while it takes the family time to adjust. Rudy 2 shows George around the plant as they prepare for the grand reopening of the plant. Meanwhile, Jane and Rosie befriend Rudy 2's wife, Lucy 2. Judy Jetson is having a hard time adjusting and accepting the fact that she lost her chance at a date with rock star Cosmic Cosmo, which a friend of hers later takes, but soon feels better after meeting a teenaged boy named Apollo Blue. Elroy Jetson meets Rudy 2's son, Teddy 2, with whom he, f- he's- with whom he first is at odds, but eventually befriends. George soon figures out that he is ready to set the plant running again, and Mr. Spacely is all set to see the plant working full throttle, and soon to churn out the one millionth Spacely sprocket. However, the opening day festivities give way to panic as the factory is sabotaged once again. Over the next several days, George and Rudy too try to fix things, but the problems persist to the point that fed up with the problems and thinking George is responsible, Mr. Spacely heads up to check on things personally thinking he has to take charge. George stays overnight hoping to catch the saboteurs in the act, only to fall asleep and be taken off by their mysterious creatures. Elroy, Teddy Two, and their neighbor, Fergie Furbelow, sneak into the plant and meet Squeak, a member of the furry alien race known as the Grungies. Squeak tells them, with Teddy Two translating, that the factory is actually drilling into his people's community, which is based inside the asteroid. Soon, Jane, Judy, Apollo, Rudy Two, and Astro show up and realize what is happening as well. George is found hogtied in the Grungy's colony, and although he soon realizes just what the factory is doing, Spacely does not. Seeing his factory at a standstill, he starts it up, despite that it is the night, and after disconnecting Rudy Two, who tries to stop him. After burying Elroy and Squeak alive under rubble, and prompting everyone in the asteroid to get topside, where George manages to shut down the factory and show his boss exactly what he is doing. After some talk, when George finally stands up to his boss, telling him 
that all he cares about is money, they come to an agreement. The Grungies will run the plant and create new spacely sprockets through recycling old ones, thus stopping the further destruction of the Grungies' homes inside the asteroid. Spacely Sprockets reaches the millionth sprocket at long last, and when George asks about being vice president, Spacely retorts saying he's lucky that he, he, he'll be getting his old job back. Only when pressured by everyone else does he reluctantly promote him to vice president without a raise. However, George knows that with the Grungies now running the plant, he is no longer needed as head of the asteroid. With heavy hearts, the Jetsons then bid their new friends goodbye, including Fergie, who attempted to stow away aboard the Jetsons' car. They then return home to Earth. As the family passes over the factory, the Grungies arrange themselves to form the words, Thanks, George, as a friendly goodbye to him for saving their home. Getting into the trivia. George O'Hanlon, the voice of George Jetson, had suffered a stroke prior to making the movie. So when he made... uh, Uh, when he had met, was in the process of making this one, making the movie, he, uh, it, he, his health had deteriorated so badly that he couldn't read the script. Mm-hmm. So they had to read him the lines and then he had to repeat them. He died in the recording booth for this movie. Wow. A few moments before his death, George O'Hanlon had recorded all his dialogue as George Jetson. According to voice director Andrea Romano, O'Hanlon had suffered a second stroke and found it difficult to read and hear, and in the end, he died in the recording studio doing what he loved. Wow. Uh, Mel Blanc also died during the production of the movie, and along with... Uh, what's her name? What's her name? Uh, Penny Singleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Blanc and George O'Hanlon were... De- the, were uh, the movie was dedicated to them, mm-hmm. to their memory. Yeah. I have a feeling the reason Penny Singleton was not was I think she must have died after this had gone after the movie had gone into print. And so they wasn't enough time to put her name in the credits. Okay. For that. But she did die uh after uh, this is also her last credit. Okay. So who do, who did Penny uh play? Uh Jane. Jane. Okay. I got so, you. So yes, uh George, Jane, and Mr. Spacely died. And, wow. this, and keep in mind Mr. Spacely was voiced by Mel Blanc, the man of a thousand voices. That is true. As he was known by. Of course, I think Frank Welker's got more than him now, but that's beside the point. point. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bergman uh, was used in some scenes uh, because since George O'Hanlon and Mel Blanc died during production, they still had a couple more lines to get out. So he filled in for uh, whatever re- remaining lines they had. Yeah. According to Iwao Takamoto's uh, 2009 book, My Life with a Thousand Characters, Hanna-Barbera had originally planned to only have pop singer Tiffany provide Judy Jetson's singing voice in an attempt to add teenage marquee value to the film, while voice actress Janet Waldo, the original voice of Judy Jetson, recorded all her dialogue. However, at one point, somebody from Universal whose name Takamoto never mentions in his book, thought that the film would maintain more continuity and better publicity value if the entire role was redubbed with Tiffany. This is what caused Universal to make the decision to have Tiffany replace Waldo in the film. 
Because of this, Andrea Romano requested that her name be removed from the credits as casting director after an executive decision at Universal resulted in her removal. Uh, uh, Romano felt it was such a mistake on so many levels and that she simply couldn't tolerate the decision. And I copied that in here twice for some reason. Uh, there are only a few lines of Janet Waldo's remaining in the film. One is where she says, uh, way to go, dad, which is rep- played twice in the film. Okay. Uh, there's a couple others, but the longest one is where she's des- where uh, they're describing that she, they're destroying the Grungy's home. That long line of dialogue there. Yeah. That sounds like it's coming from Jane. Yeah. Is actually Judy. Wow. And it's the only line, it's the longest line in the movie that Janet Waldo is still the one who did it, so, one who voiced it. And it was probably left in there by accident. Wow. Because the recorder did not realize that that wasn't Jane. Wow. Uh, one of the sounds that that made it's made when uh, when George is stuck in traffic on his way to work mm-hmm. is actually the sound of R two D two from Star Wars. That is true. This is the third Hanna Barbera animated film now distributed by Universal Studios. Although Warner Brothers currently owns the rights to all Hanna Barbera properties after absorbing the studio in two thousand one. This is the first theatrically released animated film to star Brad Garrett, who'd uh, go on to voice Dim the Rhinoceros Beetle in A Bug's Life, Bloat the Porcupine Fish in Finding Nemo, Auguste Cousteau in Ratatouille, The Hook-Handed Thug in Tangled, Hmm. The Giant in Hoodwinked 2, Hood vs. Evil, and Chug in the Plains films, and is also the current voice of Eeyore as we heard last week on Ralph Breaks the Internet. Wow. The film was released just over a week away from William Hanna's 80th birthday. This is the last Hanna-Barbera movie of the classic era. Sorry, this is the last Jetsons movie of the classic era until Turner purchased the studio following a year later. This movie shares a curiously similar storyline to uh, the Star Trek original series episode, The Devil in the Dark. Okay. I was curious enough by seeing this credit, since I have all the show episodes back there, and for some reason not remembering the episode in question, I went back and watched it yesterday. Okay. It's a lot similar. I mean, there's some differences. Yeah. Believe me, but... uh, The... Uh, the mining colony is destroying this creature's home. Yeah. And it's attacking to save itself. And it does end with this mining colony agreeing to work with the creature. This is the Horda, by the way. Okay. Uh, to, uh, uh, to mine the facility so that it, they don't accidentally destroy each other and work with them. It's actually a very interesting episode. The only problem is it's 60 since it is 1960s, the effects of the Horda itself leave a lot to be desired. The Horda itself, you can tell as a man under a blanket that has a bunch of styrofoam rocks uh sewn onto it. But it is also the first time the mind meld comes up in Star Trek, so 
it's an interesting episode and it does share a lot. It was interesting. Uh, in that episode, members of, I already said all that. Uh, while the Jetsons movie has a more environmental bent, the end result is the same in that the humans make more money with the help of the indigenous species. Mm-hmm. That's the end of my trivia. Wow. That's really sad too. Yeah. It's like, while the, the fact of like you had very, this very like you Mel had, Blank. And I also, I actually left something out, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. Okay. The, of the original cast, only Elroy Jetson, the actor who played him, which I don't remember his name right mm. now, and I don't have it listed anywhere on my stuff, was the only one who could not reprise his role due to him already having been dead. Yeah. The actor that that actor had handpicked to replace him as Elroy mm-hmm. and had trained him uh, to do the voice, right? And to get the characterizations and all that mm-hmm. was rejected because Andrea Romano wanted her boyfriend to have the role. Say that one more time. I did say that. Wow. She, they picked Elroy because the casting director wanted her, wanted her a uh, boyfriend in the role. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> the wishes of the original Elroy Jetson were ignored. Judy was pretty much sidelined completely. Mm-hmm. And Jane, George, and Mr. Spacely all died before the production ended. Yeah. I did not realize we were getting for this kind of a downer start for this yeah. movie wow. after watching. Because here's the thing. Uh, this isn't in any of my notes, but I'm going to bring this up. When I was watching it and I saw, oh, this, uh, they've got a character named, a person named Tiffany playing it. And I looked up who she was and go, okay, that makes sense. I'm going to applaud this because, uh, the character does need to sing. I don't know how well the original Judy Jetson could sing. Cause this is all before I looked at the trivia. Yeah. I thought, okay, this is actually a good casting decision. Till I looked up everything revolving around this casting decision and go, Jeez. No. What were you thinking? She had recorded all of her lines and it had to be re-recorded by Tiffany. I want the original. I want the Snyder cut. Yeah, that's cut. what I want. I want the Snyder cut of this movie. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, well, it is owned by Warner know, Brothers. Warner Brothers. <laughs> Warner Brothers, get on it. Yes. I want I, the I, Snyder cut of the Jetsons movie. <laughs> yeah. The four-hour cut. Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. Not in this movie, no. I I can't imagine there's that much. (laughs) No. Because this movie kind of... We'll get to that. Uh, Maybe like a documentary over this thing. Be like, that'd be amazing. Maybe so. However, do you want me to start with likes? Or do you want to start with likes? You go for it. Very first thing I liked, and I am going to bring up the music first. I like that nearly every song in this movie is diegetic. Okay. You don't know what that word means, do you? Remind me. Diegetic means it's happening in the movie. Agree. Okay. Got it. It is happening in the universe. The characters on screen are actually the ones hearing the song or yeah. singing the song in some of these cases. The only time I think we don't get a diegetic song is at the very end, right before the Jetsons rap. Yeah. That, as they're getting ready to leave, that mm-hmm. heartfelt song that Tiffany is singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only one that's not diegetic. Okay. But the rest of it is like, oh, yeah, this is a musical without being a musical. And I kind of like that. Mm. 
even if that does mean we get a horrible 80s song music video in the middle of the movie. Yes. <laughs> which in some ways I like, and in some ways I don't. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's like, I appreciate that it's an 80s music video, and a part of me wants to applaud how accurate to the 80s music video it is until I realize it's an 80s music video made in the 1980s. <laughs> in a movie that's based in the 1960s. <laughs> yeah. So it's all kind of weird. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So yeah, the diegetic music is my first light. What's your okay. first light? Well, mine is kind of it's it's weird. It's the the movie overall. It's the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's arcing back to my childhood, your childhood, obviously. It's just the the fact that like growing up watching the Jetsons and it, it brings me back to like going to my grandparents and sitting in front of the television and watching. Um, boomerang and watching mm-hmm. the jetsons watching uh the flintstones and all those great shows and watching it here it just it gave me such a nostalgic um euphoria for maybe the lack of word but it is just like it was so wonderful watching this movie uh i know that's not much of a like a deep dive into the film but it mm-hmm. is just the when when you watch something like this that is from the 1960s and a movie that was made in 1989 into 1990 um it just gives you such um such an emotional uh tug that brings you back to your childhood brings you back when you watched this movie when you were a kid so yeah that that nostalgia Almost like a nostalgia tearjerk. Mm-hmm. Definitely after learning so much more about this film and oh, the yeah. production of it and the uh, the great loss um, with the um, the passing of so many amazing actors and actresses when it comes to this film. So yeah, mine is the nostalgia of this film. Okay. What's My yours? second like, if you know me... You know how I love recreations of classic scenes in newer animation. Yes. So I absolutely love the opening sequence being in a recreation yes, of I agree. the Jetsons opening sequence. Yes. Uh, uh, the entire thing. I mean, even the what little parts they add uh, don't feel out of place, even though mm. they are pulling this from... You know, they're having to add to this classic sequence that they completely reanimated. Because, uh, well, I say that the the shots going through space towards Earth mm-hmm. before the, you know, the, the all the triangles come on screen. Oh, yeah. Um, that we see as an engine. That part does look like it may have been at least some of that cut and pasted from the original show. Okay. But for the most part, it's still a good-looking animation. Agreed. Uh, the 3D in that section is a little wonky in some places, but this is early 3D. I could give early yeah, 3D. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I love the uh, the fact that those weird triangles that make have never made any sense to me in the original opening when the you know the song does that ba ba the first time. Mm-hmm. That's just you know in the original opening. That's just like a couple weird triangles, and then the cam the scene automatically just shifts to. 
you know, the Jetsons flying through space. Yeah. This is like, no, we're going to come out of the engine of one of these other ships. Yeah. As we're flying around the giant Jetsons logo. Yeah. That was really good. That was, it's, it's, it's an amazing opening sequence. And the fact that they recreated every, uh, building from the opening with the exception of Spacely Sprockets, Mm -hmm. because the, it cuts away to Rosie's, uh, and Astro's uh, credits at that point. Yeah. And Mr. Spacely, for being honest. Uh, which, that's so weird that Mr. Spacely is at their home while George is at work. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's beside the point. Right. I just love the fact that they recreated the whole opening sequence. And it's like, okay, here, that's nostalgia right there. It's perfect. It feels like it... This feels like it's an extra long episode of the, of the television show. Yeah. Which is kind of what I want in a lot of cases. <laughs> right. And plus, I love opening sequences, and I wish we got more of them. Agreed. Nowadays. But anyway, what's your second like? My second like would be towards the very end of the film where George stands up to uh, Mm -hmm. Spacely. And it's just as very, because, like, originally writing writing these notes that thinking it's okay, there's no character development whatsoever. And I was completely wrong in that. Uh, In writing that, was saying that with the idea that George is so eager to become a... uh, a vice president that he's overlooking everything just for that, that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And when he sees the error of his ways, he's, you know, brought low because of it. And then he realizes that Spacely is doing the exact same thing because he, all he sees is the mighty dollar right. or the profit, which he's a, you know, very cheap. He's a very cheap old man. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he likes profits. He does like profits, but uh, it's, it's, it's that, that, that growth that a character needs that we, we root for with uh, George finally growing his spine and standing up to his boss. Cause like early on in the movie, he was, he's one of these guys, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to turn over and say, yes, Mr. Space lead everything mm-hmm. because he wants that promotion. But he find he, he comes to that realization that, Hey, this is something worth fighting for. These, these are, these are indigenous people or care or uh, creatures that, this mining asteroid is basically destroying their home and there needs to be a, a, uh, an easier solution to this. Mm-hmm. And it's a man who is, has spent his entire life, uh, wanting to get ahead. And he finally comes up with the courage and the, um, the, uh, the gumption to stand up for what is right. And so it's, it's, um, uh, it's looking up for the little guy and not yourself. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's standing up for, it's standing up for basically standing up for your neighbor in a way. Yeah. It's, it's protecting to, those who can't protect themselves. Exactly. Exactly. From a very oddly looking drill. But, uh, well, yes, <laughs> that's the boar that yeah. brings up the ore. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's that moment where, George stands up to Space Lee, and that's that was a really great moment. It was a really great moment. I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's my number dos. My third like is going to be the performances of George O'Hanlon and Mel Blanc as George Jetson and Mr. Spacely, respectively. Yeah. yeah. They it's very obvious that they have their roles down pat in yeah. this, but there's not a point. They are so well into both of their roles that they feel real. 
Yeah. That this feels like real people. Agreed. Animated real people, but real people nonetheless. Um, and especially when you read about, you know, how, what George O'Hanlon had to do just to produce his lines. And you know, Mel Blanc was not in any better shape. Yeah. Not really. Um, and this, I guess, like we said, this is their final credits. They just do such a good job. It really does feel like they're 1960s characters. Agreed. And having the same energy those characters had mm-hmm. while these actors are in their 80s and 90s. Yeah, that was crazy. One having a stroke, ha- having had a stroke, and was about to have another stroke in while producing the movie. Yeah. That's amazing. And I love how well they handle it. And they deserve... I'm not going to say they deserved an Academy Award that year. Because I don't know what else came out that year. But they deserve any sort of recognition they got. And more than what they got. And I just think they did such a good job. And for that reason alone, I think you should watch the movie. Agreed. And it's it's that good. So, yeah. The performances of Georgia Hanlon and Mel Blanc. Yeah. Wow. I really couldn't separate the two because it's like no, they're both they had they had the most lines, they had the most characterization, they were the most at each other's throats. Agreed. And they were the best acted characters, I think, in the movie. I would agree. So, Completely yeah. agree. Uh kind of tying in with your your uh your third like uh, it's the fact that like you got mostly the original voice actors in this film. Now, granted, be like, yeah, you had you know Mel Blanc, and you had um uh, the fact to be like they they replaced you know two you know two you yeah. know two prominent actors. One they had no choice. Yeah, agreed. The other one, they gave her a bad hand. Yeah, agreed with that. Uh. It was to be like it was really cool to hear the original voice of George Jetson and obviously Space Spacey Sprocket, uh, Mister Spacely. I, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, but like you said, the fact to be like these men brought it. You mm-hmm. know, like for men who were eighties and nineties at the time, and the fact and they pulled out all the stops and gave a hundred and ten percent to these roles. Yeah, and it was like it was amazing to listen to this. Uh, like understanding now what mm-hmm. be like what it was it was just like incredible the fact the the fact that was it was mel blank who died in in the studio no booth? it was george o'hanlon george o'hanlon mel um, blank died but it was he was not at the studio when he died wow uh but he still had like a couple like i said a couple lines that were hadn't been filmed yet maybe a scene or two that jeff bergman had to cover for him and let me just say the fact that you can't tell when Jeff Bergman is saying the lines and when they are is a credit to Jeff Bergman. Agreed. Be like, you know, thinking about that's, it now, it's a not, good night. Yeah, that's, that's not. He did a great job, also. Yeah. Because I can't tell you where they're not in those lines. Yeah. And the fact that he covered for them in those spots, it's like, oh yeah, you you know what you're doing. I know why. I don't know why you don't get better roles than what than what I saw on your IMDb. If we're being honest, wow. if you can. If you can do a so good a job at George O'Hanlon's George Jetson and Mel Blanc's Mr. Spacely that yeah. I can't tell the difference. I mean, that's right up there with uh, Jim Cummings replacing, uh, oh, what's his Jeremy name? Irons? Jeremy Irons and uh, Be Prepared on yeah. Lion King. Where 
the only reason I and that one I can spot now because yeah. I know what to listen for. Yeah. Admittedly, I don't know which lines are theirs, but I don't think even if I did, I mm-hmm. would be able to I would be able to point it out later. Yeah. Outside of oh yeah, it's that that's the, that's that guy. It's like no, it sounds exactly the same. It does. Yeah, one of the tack onto that, it's the uh the very end scene where um the Jetsons are leaving and um like getting emotional just thinking about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the fact that uh, George is talking with Elroy about leaving and it's like, you know, you know, it's just goodbye. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, it's saying goodbye is hard. Goodbye is hard. Yeah. And the fact to be like, that's his last line. That's his last performance. Mm-hmm. And it was so bittersweet. And like, the, and no, the la- I'm standing one, now. One of the last shots is the animators. Spelling out with a bunch of characters. Yeah. Thanks, George. Thanks, George. Yeah, it's supposed to be George Jetson, but let's face it, they're saying thanks to George O'Hanlon. Yeah. Wow. I did not expect to get this emotional <laughs> over Jetson's the movie. <laughs> yes, but uh, it's it's so fitting. It's so yeah. fitting. It's just like wow. Like I mean, like I don't I don't know if it was the uh, the the voice actor who replaced George O'Hara, George O'Hanlon. Hanlon. Sorry, George O'Hanna. Hanlon. I, there again, I'm terrible with names. Yeah. But well, there's uh, only been one other Jetsons movie since this, and that yeah. was in like 2008, I think, mm-hmm. is what I saw. Yeah. And it was the Jetsons meet WWE something <laughs> or other. You know, one of the, it's, it's like the Scooby Doo WWE things. It's weird, and I don't know what's going on. Right. I don't want to know what's going on. Right. Good night. But yeah, it, it was, could be good. It could just be weird. Yeah. It was. It was so bittersweet when, uh, like, after learning all of this information with the production and everything in this film, it's just so bittersweet mm-hmm. to uh, hear George Jetson. I'm not sure if it's the original voice actor or his replacement. Or Jeff Bergman. Or Jeff Bergman. It's just so bittersweet. It's like, yeah, saying goodbye is hard. Yeah. And it's just like, man. There again, people, go watch this film. This is, it's it's available. It's a, it's a great movie, even if you don't know all this information. Yeah. But it takes on another light. It does. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah, that's my uh, third like. We now do need to get into our dislikes. Yes. I'm going to start with one of my big ones. Go for it. What is the purpose in the machinery in the factory that George goes up into when he uh, grabs that rope and gets thrown up into the works? What is all that? It has no purpose. No, it doesn't. It's just it's, a comedic point mm-hmm. where George gets to look at the screen and make, he's like, oh yeah, you know I'm going to do it kind of faces and yeah. gets thrown in. It has no point to the fact, I'm sorry, every other part of this factory, I can follow the logic. Yeah. Even with the super, super magic-y packaging machine. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, that's not how our packaging works. Trust me. <laughs> uh, um... But it's just, I can follow everything else yeah. in that factory. I follow what the equipment does. Mm-hmm. Except when he <laughs> goes into that vent hole thing mm-hmm. and gets pulled through all that machinery and even has a map to let him know where he is and where he's supposed to be. And it's like, everything else about this movie was semi-realistic. Until you get to this point, and we kind of Scooby Dooed it. Yeah, pretty much. And I don't mean that in a bad that that Scooby Dooing is a bad thing, but this feels like a Scooby Doo joke. 
that they threw in this movie. And I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen a lot of the old Jetsons show. Yeah. But I don't think they ever did something like this. But I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. But yeah, that whole weird machinery section that I don't know what it does. What it has to do with making metal gears. Yeah. And I don't mean the giant robots. Uh, so yeah, that's my first dislike. What's your first dislike? My first dislike. Now, granted, this is a nitpick. Why isn't why isn't there a night watchman at the plant? Or at least a robot night watchman? Exactly. I mean, like I, I understand you want be like it's giving more mystery to what's going on, but at the same time, be like every plant I have ever heard of has a night watchman. Well, Heck, my brother was a night watchman at one point. At the very least, there should be cameras. Yeah, exactly. Everywhere. And sensors that go off when you trip them. This is the future, people. There should be so many ways that someone could get caught going into this factory in the middle of the night that there's no way you could get through it without getting caught. Well, Spacely is cheap. <laughs> I know Spacely is cheap. <laughs> but sometimes you have to spend a penny to make a dollar. Agreed. Completely. Use his thinking. And a couple of cheap... I'm not even saying it's got to be top of the line stuff. I'm just saying stationary cameras. Yeah. The kind of cameras we have nowadays. Yeah. Or it's even out of date nowadays, if we're being honest. Just have those stationary so you can actually see movement and get an idea as to what's getting into your place. So yeah, that's my... uh, That's yours, sorry. Yes. So what is your second... My second dislike. The furbelows are completely unnecessary to the story. Okay. All three furbelows. Birdie furbelow, Gertie furbelow, and their little bo- and their little bouncing baby piece of poo. Uh, <laughs> it just, it just adds character. It adds another character I to the story. No, but they add nothing to the story. They could have all three of those characters could have been left out, and nothing would have changed. Yeah, Fergie. The only thing that that is different is that Fergie knew who the Grungies were and yep. was able to get them on friendly terms. Get Elroy and uh, Teddy on friendly terms with the Grungy. Agreed. Or with uh, Squeak. That is the only thing. And you didn't need Birdie or Gertie for that. You could that could role could have gone to any character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the furbelows are, for the most part, extremely useless. Wow. And that bugs me. Anyway, that's my second dislike. What's yours? Oh, gosh. Okay. Go, this, again, this is, this is an out, this is an external nitpick of this film. Terrible transfer. I don't know if it's the transfer or if perhaps the film has degraded and they have not spent the money to restore it. I would agree with you. I honestly think it's more that. Yeah. I hope the Blu-ray's got a better transfer, but I suspect it doesn't. Or it's got a 1080p transfer of the same bad prints. Yeah. If not worse. Oh, gosh. But, yeah. That is annoying. Yeah, it's it's like taking the, the background information and production and everything like that. You think... You would think for three minutes that um, Warner Brothers would be like, hey, 
let's do a little treatment of this, like bump it up to HD or something like that with a Blu-ray and give it, you know, some higher definition because you oh, can yeah. the, the colors are Clean completely this this, bur- burned out. Because if one thing that our research on this movie has told us, this is a landmark film. Agreed. needs some tender, loving care. Agreed. And be brought up to, I expect uh, Universal or Warner Brothers or whoever owns, whichever one of you myriad of companies owns the distribution rights to this. And if there's some legal wrangling that's got to be done to get this fixed, I suggest do it. But I want a 4K Blu-ray that makes my jaw drop on this film. I expect that because this film deserves better. Agreed. Definitely with everything behind it. Yeah. Like, trying to, I mean, like, I, three I, actors died doing this movie. I was fine with the DVD before I learned everything. And yeah, I was disappointed when I first turned it on and that bad artifacting and mm. the first daylight scene as Je- George is flying through, flying to Spacely Sprockets. Ooh, I yeah. was annoyed by that. Yeah. But I could live with that. Until I found out what happened, what, what was going on behind this. this. You need to do this movie right. Agreed. Jeez Louise. I've never felt this strongly about a movie before <laughs> that I <laughs> thought was just going to be a fun movie. <laughs> this went far, far more than I expected it to. Agreed. My last dislike. The second time Spacely appears to George after the factory crashes that second time. Uh-huh. And he's on like a thousand televisions that's surrounding George. Yes. Where do those televisions come from? Where do televisions come from? No. Where did those televisions come from? He was nowhere near a monitor room with that many televisions. Screens. That is true. He was in the middle. You can go back and look. He is in essentially the middle of the floor. And all of a sudden... All of these screens with Spacely's face uh, show up to talk George down. My question is, is that a hallucination? And the fact that Spacely decided immediately after that to go to the uh, go to the go to the station. Mm -hmm. Or did that really happen? And they're just going to ask us to pretend that those TVs were there beforehand. Wow. That's just a question I have. Agreed. It's a weird scene. It's not the worst thing I think I've seen in anime. It's not the worst thing we've we've seen in this and review on on the show. No. But it's a weird moment and it's one that bugged me when I was first watching this as a kid. Wow. If I, and I knew about it going into this. If I remember it from then, it's bad. Okay. It needs to be it needs to be fixed. That's just my opinion. Agreed. Your final Final, 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 final dislike. Okay. So this is kind of like a two-parter. There, there's little different aspects I wanted to get in here. All right. So my first, uh, the ending sequence. Okay. This is more like funny to me. So when, before you get the, be like, you know, thanks George, that mm-hmm. amazing scene, understanding the whole concept, the whole background behind it. Okay, so when they're coming around the asteroid in their in their car, apparently the animators weren't paying attention. They clip through the asteroid. They clip through it. Well, <laughs> they don't go around it. They clip through it. <laughs> first off, 
Okay. I want to touch on this. A lot of those shots of the asteroid. Yeah. And then the space station. Those were all, even that shot was reused. And uh, the Jetsons car was superimposed over it for that shot. Yes. That's painfully obvious because it's obvious the animation doesn't quite match up in the first place. Agreed. But (laughs) that is a weird shot. Agreed. It, it is it is odd so yeah okay so kind of tying in with that one the 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 climax ending where everything's collapsing and Elroy and uh squeak. squeak are buried and they come out looking like they just got dusted <laughs> like they got well this is a kids I I, I I understand I, I get it I totally get it they were just they were just trying to imply that they were injured. Yeah. Not, let's bloody him up and make it gory. <laughs> we nearly killed Elroy. Right. E- either way, just like, I'm looking at that, it's just like, I-, I understand this is a kid's movie. I totally get it. Yeah. But I'm like, this kid got buried by rocks. <laughs> My question is, why when the Grungies uh, got, you know, enough of a tunnel out that they could get down to Elroy... And they are getting ready to file down that tunnel so they can, all of them can pull them out. Yeah. Why did they kind of spiral out of a circle before they go down there? That is weird. Yeah. It's a weird shot. It's like, what are y'all doing? Y'all should just go down the hole. You don't have to have, it doesn't have to be choreographed. And the fact that like, they, 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 we're in, a, we're in a tight squeeze here, guys. The ore is coming. The drill is coming to kill us all. Just get Elroy and Grungy out of the... Yeah, exactly. Grungy. Elroy and Glee, Gleek, Gleek, whatever his name is. Squeak. Squeak. <laughs> yeah. Out of the hole and get up there and tell Mr. Spacely what he can go do with himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I think that's... We need to... That brings us to the rating for this um, movie. I would agree. I'm, I have to give this movie a 7.5. Okay. It's got some issues. It's... It's not even, I think, up to animation spec for the time yeah. when it came out. And some of the stuff does not quite hold up. Yeah. But it's still a great movie and it deserves better than it's gotten. I agree. So, yeah, 7.5. Uh, I'm going to go a little lower with that. I'm going to be able to give it a 7. Uh, originally, I was going to go much lower. But with understanding like the whole gravity, pun intended, with everything going on around this film... And the fact that it, it's it's one of these, I think if you're an animation nut, be like, yeah, this is a film you should watch. Mm-hmm. Just understanding everything, you know, that, you know, brought this movie together. Uh, it's like, yeah, it has problems. It has problems. And those problems need fixed. Oh, yeah. They, they need to go back and do a restoration with this film. And put it in a deep restoration, a deep restoration, make the movie what it needs to be. Cause heck they've done that with lesser films. Yes. I suspect what it is. And that could be wrong here, but because Jetsons and Hanna-Barbera are now completely owned by Warner brothers. Yeah. And the film itself technically might still be owned by universal or at least distribution of it. It might be that they just can't come to an agreement to actually, or this is not an important enough uh, project for either one of them to go to the trouble of the legal issues it would take to get this done. Fact of the matter is, they just need to get this done. 
I would agree. I don't care how many legal lawyers you got to get involved. It's a simple deal. Give Universal what they need since they since they are the co-owners of the film and they produced it originally and just put out a stinking 4K Blu-ray quality transfer. Agree. You got a 4K, a Blu-ray, a, T, a DVD, and fix the stinking HBO Max release. Yeah, agreed. Make, make Jetsons great again. <laughs> exactly. It's again, Jetsons is an older property. Yes, but it's, it's, it's still a great property. You need to honor that legacy. Yeah. It's a classic. Pro- the Jetsons TV show looks better than this on HBO Max. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. That's older animation and cheaper animation. But the they did a much better job on the on the restoration on it, probably because Hanna Barbera didn't have to go through anybody else for it like they do for this. Mm. But either way, either way, so yeah, this be like Warner Brothers, Universal, whoever it is, be like, come on, guys, step up to the game, give us you know, give this movie credit, give it the love it needs because it needs it, uh, and it needs to be loved by generations by generations. Because other than that, it's going to be one of those movies tossed in a bin and no one's going to remember it. I was convinced it was before uh, before I started talking about it online. Mm-hmm. There are people who remember this movie, but they haven't seen it in years. Yeah. Well, thank, thank, thankfully we Hopefully have. Hopefully we're bringing this at least to some light and some more people can go back and yeah, watch exactly. Go, yeah, go watch it on HBO Max. Go find it. Go yeah. Find, you know, you can buy a Blu-ray of it now. Yeah. But, uh... Hopefully it's a Blu-ray. And hopefully it's a decent quality. But I sus- like I said earlier, I suspect the artifacting problems are still going to be there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Anyway, that's going to bring an end to the show. Um, next Tuesday, we are not going to be having a live show. That Saturday, we are, though, going to release a previously recorded episode we did with Aaron Lowe of Banter Banter, Banter mm-hmm. on uh, My Hero Academia 2 Heroes. Yes. Uh, he, that was a fun episode. That was a fun episode. It's, uh, look forward to that one. And then the week after that, uh, join us for uh, when we review Tenchi Muyo in Love with mm-hmm. uh, Dallas Mora of uh, Geek Devotions. Yeah. He's going to join us for that one. Awesome. So, And uh, we're going to be on his show. Uh, I, don't, I don't know when that episode is going to come out, but we're recording that Thursday. I don't yeah. think it's live. But yeah, join us for that. Anyway, um, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Right. Well, so long, everybody. Yes, it's sad, (laughs) but it's true. It's time that we say goodbye to you. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. 
can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.